This podcast is brought to you exclusively by the Publisher's Desk Podcast Network and the Reality Check Podcast Network. Welcome to Does Father Know Best, a unique podcast with father and son hosts, Stan and John Wagland. We will cover a wide variety of topics and take an in-depth look into the world with a raw, real, and comprehensive approach from two different generations. And now, I present to you the hosts of Does Father Know Best, Stan and John Wagland. Welcome back to the Sunday edition of Does Father Know Best. My name is John Wangland, Johnny podcasting the hashtag Scandinavian God. And I'm here with my father, the man himself, the Scandinavian heartthrob over there, Mr. Stanley Wangland. What's up, man? Hey, uh, if anything was more up, uh, I, I don't even know what to say to that one. What the hell is, is happening to our country, man? It's, uh, it's going down pretty fast, man. It's going down, it's going up, it's going sideways. Uh, I was doing my other show today, just thinking, and I had to tell my audience I was recording the show at 2.18 in the afternoon. I said, you'll get this at midnight, but it could all change five times. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. No, I'm serious. I, I don't know if you're having the same thing uh, on some of the shows that you do that have to do with topical events, other than you know wrestling or sports, things like that. Jesus Christ, you'll do a show, and four hours later, the world has changed. Yeah, it's 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 wild. It's wild. And uh, we have we're in a moment in history, man. We're in a moment of history. And uh, I encourage everybody who's listening to uh, Does Father Know Best to go back to our very first show when we were talking about the protests and things from the 60s and 70s, because, man, history is repeating itself on steroids, baby, on steroids. Yeah, it's been some wild times this week, man, and it's not getting any easier. I'm telling you that right now. No, it's not. But we are in a historic moment, and uh, anybody who can analyze this, everybody's you know everybody's got an opinion, everybody's a pundit, everybody's an expert. But a lot of this stuff is um, is straight out there in your face, uh, and you have to put your emotions aside a little bit and look at it clearly, and uh, you know take a look at what people are doing, what they're saying. And, and try to find out, you know, why why they're doing what they're doing secondarily, you know, to kind of figure things out, to protect yourself, to protect the country, protect your family. So what are you thinking about, man? Like, what's a big topic uh, on the top of your friggin' head? We've talked about many of them here, uh, you know, this afternoon. And, uh, you know, I we always converse during the week about a million times. What's uh, what do you think is a, a biggie for the show today? We got a lot of great ones for today here and, you know, just there's a plethora of topics to discuss this week. And we, we probably could go on for two or three hours on some of these. But, you know, we try to keep it at around an hour for everything. So, you know, I, I say we get right into it because we, we picked out some good ones for tonight. Yeah. Yeah. So I sure. wanted to start tonight here. You and I were discussing this off the air and you had a really interesting concept that I'd really like to hit on. And it was, is the military wanting out of policing Americans? And you had a really interesting concept on that. And I want to hear your thoughts on it. So please feel free to share because it was a really interesting uh, dialect that we had on this. And I think it's a great topic for the show. Thank you very much. And and for those of you listening to the show for the first time, I'm really not kidding. On this show and my other show, I, I very much like uh, when I'm thinking about these big topics to think as if I was a an intelligence analyst, you know, a military analyst, I'm a psychologist by trade. And it's, you know, it's, it's kind of like diagnostic kind of stuff. And I um, was watching like everybody else was with this crazy, crazy um, comment by the president uh, during the week where, you know, when he did that thing where he walked across the street while the people were peacefully protesting in Washington, he did his little photo op with the Bible. And then he had the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff all decked out in battle gear. And uh, he had National Guardsmen, I believe. He had other people in military uniforms unmarked. The day before was telling the governors that you have to dominate people, that if you don't dominate them and get them in order, you know, he could send the National Guard there. But more importantly, he will do the unthinkable in America. He'll send out the military. He will send out the military to a state near you. 
to a neighborhood near you. Is this about accurate, John? Is this? Uh, this is pretty spot on accurate, man. Yeah, well, for me, I've been sitting since 2015 saying, when are some of these ballless wonders, including the military, when are they going to come out and be patriots and say, this fucking guy is, and, and I'm not going to say pardon my language, I'm going to call it like it is. This fucking guy, besides being a criminal and a whore master and a, and a grifter and everything else, and I'm so sorry, I, I am being professional because that's what he is and everybody knows it. You know, he's in there breaking the Constitution, taking shit off the guardrails, doing every, you know, everything he can to destroy our country uh, and everything else. When is one of these military guys going to, who's been his chief of staff like McMaster's or the Secretary of Defense Mattis, uh, you know, uh, the, the four star Marine General, uh, General Kelly, who was his chief of staff. They're all good guys. Then they go and hang out with him. Nobody says anything. Right. And then all of a sudden he pulls this shit and he tells everybody on the news and he had it for real. He's going to use the military. He's got the 101st or the 82nd Airborne. He's got them all lined up and he's going to use them against the protesters. And he starts doing that. Shooting gas, having mounted police coming in, uh, people rousted in reporters, uh, people beating the shit out of people, shooting rubber bullets, knock some chick's eye out. I mean, you've all seen that on the news, right? Yep, absolutely. Uh, this isn't. Well, all of a sudden, the next day, uh, Secretary of Defense, Mark Esper, who, by the way, is a graduate of West Point and everything else, which doesn't, you know, so is uh, Mike Pompeo, who is a disgrace and a collaborator and the worst offender. I mean, another guy who should be lined up and shot for betraying his country, the Secretary of State. Sorry if I sound a little harsh here. But uh, all of a sudden, the military guys, are, whoa, uh, you know, no, that's uh, they walked it back. And then President Tom, uh, Trump gave him a kind of a private ass reaming. And he came out the next day. This is Mark Esper, the secretary of defense, and said, no, uh, I still don't agree with it. But, you know, we may need it in the future. Kind of like half, took it half back, but not all the way. And then the current uh, chief of staff, I think it's General Miley. Yep. Is his name. He's supposed to be a good guy. He was all the fucking two days before. He's all d dressed out in battle fatigues in the White House. What? Uh, for this photo op, which he stayed out of, by the way. Uh, he wasn't in the photo op. All of a sudden, he's not so he, he don't want to do this too much. And then here it comes, baby. Hey, everyone, this is Stan Wangler from Just Thinking. Stop on by this week and listen to some of the great podcasts we have lined up for you. Two in particular are really good shows. One is called, Are We Driving Ourselves Insane? Well, are we? And the next one is called, Have You Been Having a Bad Day? Did You Have a Bad Day? Well, if you did, this is the show for you. And I bet you, when you get done listening, you'll feel a lot better. So join us. Did you really think it was just guys that like to discuss and analyze wrestling? I'm here to tell you there's a new chick in town. My name is Sunny Salem, and I am the host of That's What She Said. Get a female perspective of all the ins and outs of the wrestling business today. But don't worry, this isn't no prissy princess show. I hold nothing back. Check out That's What She Said on all major streaming platforms. At last, the the ultimate. Remember General Mattis? You remember the Secretary of Defense? He's the most, the greatest general of the world. He's the scholar, the General Monk, Mad Dog Mattis. Does this sound familiar, folks? He was the guy that was going to save us from Trump. You know, he's Trump is going to listen to him. Yeah, until he decides to pull out and abandon the Kurds and everybody else and all the crazy shit that he's done and everything else like this. He comes out finally and says, Trump is unconstitutional. You know, what he did was uh, crazy, that this guy is is lost his mind, uh, so on and so forth. And then what happens? Colin Powell comes out next. And he starts saying, and Colin Powell's been for a long time, that he says that, you know, hey, man, Trump has drifted away from the Constitution. Aren't those nice terms? You've drifted away from the Constitution. It means you're a criminal. You've drifted away. OK, Colin Powell comes out against him. Then uh, General Kelly comes out against him. Then there's been other generals. There has been General, the famous, wonderful, fantastic guy, uh, uh, General Mc, uh, Admiral McRaven, 
William McRaven. He's the director of the raid that killed Osama bin Laden. He condemned Trump. Uh, Major General John Allen, uh, uh, the Marine general, he wrote, and he says that Trump fails to project uh, any of the higher emotions or leadership desperately needed during this time. And then other guys, uh, Senator Mitt Romney, he won't vote for Trump, he's already said this November. Cindy McCain, the widow of John McCain, may not do this. Uh, A bunch of other people in the military all of a sudden are coming out and they don't want the military involved. And I hope I'm not being too long-winded, John. No, not at all. Just trying to set the stage for you guys. Now, I'm looking at this and I'm sitting, I'm telling my wife, I said, what a bunch of bullshit artists these guys are. They're against him all of a sudden. Now, it makes perfect sense because I was watching another op-ed and I forget the guy's name, the guy who was the last, um, head, you know, what, chief of services uh, of the of the military, um, you know, the guy who heads all the military armed forces there. Uh, he was on there talking. I said, you know, he's kind of like kind of half-stepping. And then he tipped the hand with what I already knew. And he said, well, this is putting the military in the bad light. And and we work very hard. And I said to my wife, I said, here it comes. He's going to go right back to Vietnam. And I was exactly right on it. Why are all these guys coming out now? Well, as much as they supposedly love the country and hate uh, Trump uh, or think he's a bad guy, and, and they do think he's a, is, is a dope. And they are, you know, finally, after four and a half fucking years coming out and saying what everybody already knew and having a set of balls to do it. You know why they're really doing it, in my opinion, John, and the listening audience? Because their beloved fucking military now... People are saying after they start seeing people shoot a couple of bullets and everything else like that, a rubber bullets and knock some people's eye out and they're rousting people and licking their chops to beat the piss out of people. uh, A lot of them. You know what? This is right like in the 70s and the 60s. And let me tell you from personal experience, having been in the military during that time, nobody fucking liked you. Nobody loved you. Nobody gave a shit. Nobody wanted to be in the military. And the military was all people who were conscripted that were forced to be there primarily to get those numbers up. And the American military sucked. If anybody recalls, as a matter of fact, that's why Jimmy Carter had one more failed raid after another when he was trying to get the hostages out of Iran. The goddamn military couldn't do shit. And then the military got the idea that they were going to go volar. They were going to go volunteer army. Only volunteers, only people wanted to be there, and they were going to pay them more money and give them better things. And they were going to open the door for opportunities for people who couldn't get jobs and give them training. They were going to do a lot of different things. And you know what happened over the years? People forgot about the fact of all the shitty things that our military was involved in in Vietnam and Korea and bullshit like that. I'm not talking about World War II. I'm talking about those other shithole wars. Okay? They forgot all about that. And you know why? Because there was nobody being drafted. It was the volunteer military. And then the ultimate bullshit line started happening. We had a couple of victories in Grenada and a couple of other things. Remember those little islands and little battles? Yeah, the 24-hour war, man. Yeah, and then the one that made America get its nipples hard and gave it a permanent military erection. And that was Operation Desert Storm with the brilliance of General Schwarzkopf and Tommy Franks who became a five-star or four-star general based on that and the logistics. And we kicked ass with the coalition like nobody ever kicked ass before. Even in, uh, you know, uh, Operation Iraqi Freedom, the one that you were in, when Mm -hmm. we went to war for the past 20 fucking years for no reason, America has stuck with the military, right? And at every game we hear, and we want to thank, and I'm not making fun of you if you're in the military, we want to thank our veterans and there's a flyover and some guy gets up and he takes his hat off and thank you for your service. Everybody loves the military. Listen to my show called Thank Thank You for Your Service. Hey, don't bullshit this veteran from the 70s. You don't thank anybody for their service. You do. You're thanking them because you don't have to be there. But that's a whole other thing. So what's my point? I'm in the high grass here now, but not really. These military guys, they love their country, 
But to them, there's two groups of people. And there's a guy sitting across here who served in the military for real, not a dumbbell like me, who was just a, a draftee. He gave, I'm talking about my son, 11, 12 years of his life in dangerous situations. Not, not, not a conscripted person like me who just came in and just played the fucking game. He'll tell you, I'm sure, and I'm not pumping him up. When you're in the military, above all things, for a lot of people, they love that green machine more than anything else. They can't even leave the base. They're looking for jobs on the base. They're looking when they, they get out many times. They, they, you know, it's like policemen who can't get away from the, you know, the, the, the station house. So these guys are turning in Trump now because they don't want the military to have a bad rap. They don't want the military to be hated again like they were in the 70s. And that's why they're doing it. And let me give you one other short piece of information. When you think that these protesters are, you know, hey, you libtards, you know, we got to have order in our country. You got to have the military in there. You got over a million policemen who are militarized as much as the goddamn military are. You've got the National Guard. You got a million and a half people accessible to you to police this country. And as I was telling my son, his jaw almost dropped. It just dawned on me last night. I said, you know what? I said, hey, man, with, with, with the military, with the police, all police have to be American citizens because you are not allowed to be policed. And I am not allowed to be policed by a sheriff, a police department, a dog catcher with anybody unless they're an American citizen. They have to be on a state, a county, a local payroll. And they have to be an American citizen if they're going to put you under arrest and implement the laws. One citizen to another. Can I give everybody the big eye opener, which I think John really wanted me to get to in one minute? And that's there's about thirty five to sixty five thousand. I, I don't know. I can't even get the accurate numbers. But a shitload of American soldiers who are what? Non-citizens. And it gets even higher with the amount of people who have been naturalized citizens. But we're going to count them as citizens. Let's take the non-citizens. Do you want the military coming in your neighborhood near you with people who are non-citizens policing you? The reason that non-citizens are allowed in the military is to make the numbers that they need to make. And also because non-citizens don't fight American citizens. They're deployed against non-citizens. Now, you're not going to hear that on your local newscast. But that's a fact. And that's why you have the military wanting to opt out of this shit now, because it's nothing but a shitstorm. And I'm using military terminology when they'll say, hey, man, there's a shitstorm coming down, brother, and you don't have an umbrella. And that's my pitch. John, that was a long ramble. What do you think of what I'm saying? Am I speaking true or am I speaking bullshit? You just got out of the military a few years ago. No, I mean, I, I think it speaks a lot of volumes to it. Um, it's a very, uh, the cool thing about the military, you know, for people that have never served is that it's a very eclectic and diverse mix of people. Um, you get to meet people from all countries, all walks of life. It, it's really a cool thing, like to be able to, to, to experience that. But what you just said is very true. You know, there, there's a great chunk of people that have come in and, and come over to serve so they can get their citizenship. And I think that's a beautiful thing. You know, my son is going to be that way. That's you know, right. he's going to get his citizenship from joining the army and he's leaving in less than two months to go into the army. You know, I, I didn't force him to join the army. I, I didn't encourage it. That was his choice. I, I actually tried to encourage him not to, um, if anything. So and you could vouch for that. I tried to I tried to steer away from that. But, you know, it, it's his choice. But that's a it's a beautiful option of it that they can that they can get that, um, you know, through it. I think it's after a period of a year or two that they can get it. Mm -hmm. They don't have to pay for it. It gets expedited and rightfully so. I mean, great for they're They're doing the right thing. You know, it's a it's a correct way to do it. It's a legal way to do it. And I, I love the idea. I think it's awesome, you know, that they that they offer that. But it is a really interesting thing when you think about that. It's like he's trying to get them to police the streets, you know, with the military. He wants them to do that. And it's like you mentioned they're not citizens. They're not citizens of this country. The police forces don't allow it for that reason right there. Until you're a citizen, you can't do it. And it's really contradictory of so many things that that they that he tries to stand for on so many ways. And 
the military does not want to get a bad rap again because that's right. They don't because they, the let's be real. The MO on the military till the early nineties, mid nineties was they were a bunch of dopes. Mm -hmm. Now it's a much different force that you're getting in. You have people that are in now that have master's degrees that are enlisted Mm -hmm. members that aren't officers. You know, those who don't understand an officer has to have a college degree, a bachelor's degree or above to be able to be an officer. A lot of people come in with no education and they take advantage of the great opportunities that the military offers with education. And it's something that if you want to get promoted now in the military, they for I'm not going to say they force you, but if you want promotion and you want to go up in your career above a certain rank, you have to go off and pursue your education and get more educated. You have to go and take advantage of the things that they have. So you have a much, much, much more educated force that's in there now. Or you have people that are in there now that maybe even already have a ton of education that aren't even officers. They're Mm -hmm. enlisted because let's be real. He wants to tout the economy and the jobs and all this bullshit. What's going on? You have John Wanglin, one of the hosts of Wrestling With Reality. Check out our shows this week on Wrestling With Reality. We have some great shows. We have our MMA show. We look at is Khabib Namaga Madoff versus George St. Pierre a reality? Why John Jones is such a disgrace to the UFC? We also have on WCW Monday Nitro Watch Along, and we take a look back at Triple H in his 25-year career in the WWE. So check out Wrestling With Reality on all major podcast outlets. Are you interested in spirituality and the paranormal? Do you enjoy having conversations about social issues and current events with a balanced and spiritual perspective? Are you intrigued by ancient prophecies and mysteries of the past or just unraveling modern-day conspiracy theories? If so, I would like to invite you to come on a journey with me on my show, The Spirit Side, available on all the major podcast platforms. I'm Paul James Caden, and I hope to see you there. It's bullshit. It it is. They're able to make more money for themselves coming in and starting off as as a military member than it is to try to search and find for a job with a college degree where nobody wants to hire you. And if they do, you're stuck with all these massive student loans. You're stuck with a a job that barely pays you anything uh, at all. And you're getting sacked on it. So why not go and take advantage of those things for them? And they've created over time because of them, how negatively the military was looked upon. They've created a culture that's way different than it once was. And they are viewed in a good and a positive way by most people. And it's a much more educated force. It's a much smarter force. It's so many more things that um, wasn't there before. And if they keep going on to this stuff, It is the greatest mistake they'll ever make because the people will turn on them so fast and they're already starting to. That's right. And, you know, we got I'm sorry, we got the idea of allowing uh, people who were um, uh, immigrants to be in our military actually from France, from the French, because you're the French Foreign Legion. And that's what that is. I'm being serious. Uh, you know, there are certain countries who have that, that, you know, they have a very small percentage of their armed force they allow. But the, the French clearly delineate the fact that the French Foreign Legion is never manned by a legionnaire officer. It's manned by French officers. It's never used, uh, you know, in it was for civil things. You know what I'm trying to say, man? It's 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 a it's a very um, it's a very it's a very slippery slope. With the military, and you have to stop and think that, in a way, when you're having immigrants in the military, and there's nothing the matter with that, they really are fighting like mercenaries when they're not citizens. I don't know whether you agree with that, John, or not. No, it's a very, it's a very fair, it's, it's a very fair statement. It's because you don't have to become a citizen to be in the military. Am I correct? Hundred percent. You do not have to become a citizen. Yeah. So you could be a person that just wants the benefits. What it will affect your ability is is your ability to get certain clearances. You won't be able to get clearances unless you get your naturalization. Right. Like my son had that going in. Like he wanted to go and be a canine handler in the MPs and stuff. He couldn't do it until he can't do it until he gets his citizenship. So he had to take a job that didn't require like I think it was a top secret clearance or something to the extent of that. So he has to wait till he gets his clearance. And then once he does his first enlistment and his clearance, if he, if he decides to stay in and wants to cross train to that from mm-hmm. the job that he accepted, um, then he can get it. But he has to get his naturalization first. Mm-hmm. 
You know, one of the things that um, when we were discussing this before that people don't realize, and I want to throw this out here, one of the reasons, again, why I think it's terribly wrong to use the I mean, you, using the National Guard. If you feel you have to, fine. That's what it's there for. There's even a thing called the State Guard. I, I didn't even know there was one in New York called the State Guard. But there's the National Guard. There's the State Guards. There's the police forces and things like that. I want people to think if they're listening to this show uh, sometimes. And, and that's what, what a show like this, you know. This show is supposed to be about the difference in generations. And here there's a similarity with different things with the generations and, and, and the mistake of using or thinking that you can use the American military unless it's under the most, you know, serious, you know, um, circumstances. Take, think about this. We have our president. And this is not just a diatribe against the president. It shows you what's going on in our country and why we shouldn't use them and why all these other military people are against this. We have a president who prides himself. Have we heard any more about the wonderful wall, about the caravans of people, of immigrants and things? Yeah, like that should stop real fast. Across. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden that's disappeared. That lie has disappeared. However, for those of you who support this guy, if you're still silly enough to do that, and I don't mean to be insulting, but I have to be honest with you. You know, silly enough to do that where you don't accept reality. How do you like the fact that, uh, you know, tens of thousands of American soldiers are those immigrants from across the wall on the other side? So you want to load these guys up with uh, rubber bullets and, and tanks and guns to have them policing you? What type of fucking genius puts a plan like that into place? It, Do you ever think it, of it? it? It's a really good, it's it's a really, really true and, and important thing that I didn't even realize until you mentioned it to me earlier. Yeah, it's like one of those courtroom scenes that you see, you know, when somebody's up in there, you know, the, 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 the defense attorney's up there and then he throws something out to the jury and everybody's goddamn jaw drops. Because you don't need a smoking gun. It's just it's just completely illegal. It's completely stupid. And it's not what our founding fathers ever wanted. As a matter of fact, when we see people out there protesting or doing different things peacefully, uh, yeah, that, that's why in the Bill of Rights we have the freedom to assemble. We have the freedom to speak. And, no, you don't want to use a military. That's What was your goal and objective? To protect enemies foreign and domestic, right? Absolutely, man. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. Citizens can't be enemies. They can't be domestic enemies. They're citizens. That's why we have a police force. Yes. <laughs> you know, that's what their job is supposed to be doing is to police the people. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it's uh, uh, it, it, it was uh, I, I don't know, John, was I disrespectful to the military or, or anything? No, else like not that? at all. There's not there. We, we pledge nothing but support to them. We both served. It's this it's this mindset that what he's what the, what is going on, if you do that, is so counterproductive to what their mission really is and what they should be doing. And there's enough counterproductive things that have been done over the years. You know, being in places we had no right to be in, policing the world all the time, you know, and people can think what they want about each of those different ones. But, you know, that's people's choice to do that. It's not being disrespectful. It's supporting them and saying you're putting them in an, in an awfully awkward position and you're putting them in a position to be chastised by the public, by the world, by doing this. And that's but happening. Who does the military police in what types of in what types of governments does the military police people like this? Mm hmm. Communist regimes, man, dictatorships. That's where in the military, when you see the military having a force across the country, policing people in that, in that, in that type of style. Am I right? Well, yeah, there's, you know, there's no communist regimes anymore. But I mean, you know, they, they, they do this with, you know, with uh, terrorist groups. They do this with people that were opposed to yes. that helicopter that came down in Washington was using crowd suppression tactics. They were actually using they were calling it battle space. Tactics, and that's what raised alarm bells all over. The citizens aren't military. Your citizenry isn't a military objective. What they're doing is, when you do that, is they're representing those regimes, those communist yes, regimes. Yes, they're yes. representing these totalitarian governments, these yes. dictatorships, these tyrannical governments run by yes, complete. I understand your point now. Yeah. yeah. 
you know, that that's what they're representing. They're representing these old things and people are too blind to see it. You talk about, you know, make America great and that mega hat, red bullshit hat wearing people and all that stuff. How are you making America great by doing that, man? The same things that you've chastised that we fought against for all these years, the things that we didn't want to be a part of. The things that we fought against, you know, with dictators going back all the way to Adolf Hitler, man, you know, and, and well before him, you know, with all the people that were there before the Adolf Hitlers were fighting against dictatorships to going against and fighting against communism, you know, and the oppression of people in Korea, Vietnam, uh, other wars that we fought along the way too with people that are run by terroristic organizations, people that are have nuclear capabilities and threats. These are their their styles of government on how they run things. How are we any better than all the things we fought against if we're going to be doing that and using yes. the military as a as in the way that he wants to use them and that he's trying to utilize them in? It's so counterproductive. And it's very funny. The morning that he used the military, the, the day that he used the military, that morning he was speaking to Vladimir Putin. Yeah. Well, people, now, I wouldn't know what he would say, but there's another thing for why our country is off the rails and the military. Uh, thank God uh, some of the leaders are finally standing up and having a set of chops on them. Because remember, folks, uh, Vladimir Putin was the head of the KGB. You know, it's the head of, the, of intelligence for the uh, former Soviet Union. Uh, so slippery behavior and setting people up and playing people for dummies is what they do for a living. That's their bread and butter work. So I can imagine this guy telling a, a stupid idiot like our president that he manipulates and saying, yeah, you know, I have the same thing here. And I find out what you have to do is dominate him, Donald, because him knowing that I actually did a show on this, say, will, will Americans ever be dominated? Hell no. Listen to it. I'm just thinking. There's my segue into plugging my show, John. But uh, it's the truth. Americans won't tolerate that. Would, what would you do, John? I, I want to pose a question to you because I said it on my other show and I was serious. If I saw American troops walking down the street here, would you support them? No. Neither would I. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, fight them or be mean to them or angry to them. But no, I wouldn't support them. No, I, w I would tell them that they should uh, that, that they're following an illegal order and that they should refuse to they should refuse that. Uh, and uh, I would not do anything to harm an American so a soldier physically or anything else like that. But I would, uh, if there was something of, of the equivalent of like the French resistance during World War II, I would definitely be a part of it until that situation had changed. And then I would go back to supporting them in that one rare instance, just like people did in France in World War II. Because if the military goes along with him, they are collaborating with him. And that's what's happened in other countries in, in, in Europe. In Italy, it happened. With, uh, in France, it happened. In other countries, in Norway, it happened, where certain military leaders collaborated with the Nazis. They broke their own military laws and traditions. And when that happens, you don't, in my, there's no question in my mind, I, I have no loyalty to that group of people at that point in time. As soon as they cease and desist that, I mean, now if they have to fight a war that's unpopular, that I don't agree with or something, that's a different matter. They're following a legitimate order from the commander in chief that doesn't relate to suppressing the citizenry. I think it's so amazing and it's so alarming and how his fucking supporters don't see this. When you have people from his own political party that don't support him, man, and you got guys like George Bush, Mitt Romney. Uh, Colin Powell that are coming out and saying they're voting for the guy from the opposite party that they align with, Joe yep. Biden. Like, how does that not show these dopes that believe this guy's rhetoric? I, I just don't get it. You know, it just it fathoms. I can't fathom to understand what people are thinking. I really can't. It just well, makes zero sense for me. Like how people are not seeing this is even more alarming. Yeah. And then he called Colin Powell overrated today. Yeah. Called him a Fuck big step. Hey, man. <laughs> yeah. He called General Mattis the same thing. He said, yeah. No, he called General Mattis the most overrated one. He called Colin Powell, Powell a big stiff, uh, yeah. that he was one of the reasons that we got involved. In. And and that was uh, the the probably the most incredible victory for America that they've ever had. Uh, if people would like to look, to see how much people loved the military at that time, 
Uh, General Schwarzkopf could have probably been nominated for president of the United States if he wanted to run for it. He would have been elected. Oh, absolutely, man. Storm and Norman. Yeah. Uh, it, it, he has on, and you can see it on YouTube, one of the most famous one hours and 15 minutes, his famous press conference to the news where the military under, you know, where he gave the presentation and showed total transparency of what he was doing, would be doing, and how it would end in, in with the, with the, uh, with the Iraqi army. It was an amazing, and if you have, if you want to see history in the making, I was there, watched it live as a grown man, and I've seen it many times since, and both you and I, as I've mentioned on other shows, we've been in the Tommy Franks Museum. Yeah, it's quite, it's quite amazing. Yeah, we actually saw the cigars from the office. We saw the battle plans, remember that? Yep. Yeah, it was a, a fucking amazing. Absolutely amazing. What they what what they did for the military and for this country is unparalleled, man. Whether people like the military, like what they served when they served and what their plans were, whatever it was, they to call Colin Powell overrated is one of the most hilarious things I've ever heard, man. That that guy has been serving his country in an honorable way, yes, more than so many people could ever imagine, man. And for to be called overrated, Colin Powell was serving his country with his feet in the fucking trenches when this guy was on his second or third friggin' marriage, man, declaring bankruptcy for the 19th right. time. You know, I mean, it, it, it's just it's pathetic, man. Like to see that, like I I want to implore people, and I don't want to just always be about politics, but you know, wake the fuck up, man, for people. You need to wake the fuck up and you better do it fast, man, because if you don't, people, it, it's going to be hopeless for you. Can I just add one other thing here? Go for it, man. And this is in fairness to the generals that I criticize for waiting so long. And that's because I'm frustrated and I love my country uh, very, very much. Uh, it doesn't have to go my way. If you're a Republican uh, or a moderate or a libertarian or some other thing or a socialist, man, your ideas are, you know, can be just as good as mine. Uh, that's not what I'm talking about. Uh, I'm talking about somebody hijacking and a bunch of crooks and grifters that have hijacked our country and irresponsible people who have collaborated with them and doing that. And I guess my anger uh, at these top military leaders is that they should know better and my frustration. But in fairness to them, uh, and I hope uh, as much as all my screaming and yapping at the other part, this gets heard also, these men and women have given their lives, they are totally fixated on the military and how it relates to their country. And they love their country dearly. They love their military dearly. It's been reamed into their head. And I can so understand it. Uh, you know, when I was a little boy and watched John Wayne movies, you'd get so, you'd love your country so much and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I'm sure, you know, they feel that way their entire life. And one other thing with that, there's a very strict policy with these big military guys is they are to stay non-political. You have so to. When they have to for the same reason they don't get deployed. And I didn't mention that enough in this, uh, in fairness to them. And I want to put that out there and, and just take a minute with that, because that is one of the like the prime directive for them. They And, and I think that is really conflicted these guys because they have such influence in so many ways they don't want to they don't want to have they don't want to be a banana republic and influence our our government uh, with like you know with threats or implications of things so they do that as a last resort and he puts them due to his low character uh in a terrible position and uh, i uh, i need to say that and how much i do respect their service the other thing very quickly is uh I make very harsh comments about the military sometimes and about our response to them, not because I don't like the military. I, I love the military. And, you know, and I think it has many, many good features. I never was so impressed is when I would go out to see you, John, mm -hmm. in the military. And if I could have gone back, I said that to my wife, traveling back. I said, if I could have gone back in the military uh, as a psychologist or some other role, I would have loved it. The people there, the, the, the soldiers and the airmen and everything, they were wonderful. They were lovely. Uh, so many of your things that you did with your training were so professional. And it's amazing what the military does, how they meet their missions and everything else like that. And they, we should thank them for their service. 
and we should honor them and we should treat them properly and everything else, but for the right reasons. They're not there, they're not thugs. They're not there to be policemen. They're there to protect us. They're there to, they're there, it's a very honorable role and you should be, you should go to a military base and get goosebumps like I have a million times when you hear taps at the end of the day. And every swing and dick stops and they stand at attention. And not because they have to, because they want to. It's, it's just a beautiful thing. And uh, I, I just wanted to be very fair to the military because I feel in, in some ways, due to all these emotional times, I might have been a little bit or a lot unfair in some, some things, but, uh, or overzealous. But uh, it's, they, they really believe in what they do. And we shouldn't put them in that position. Is that a fair assessment, John? I do. And I, I don't think you made any unfair comments or, or did anything that wasn't wavering support for them always. Well, I, I just wanted to give a little more support because I, I can't tell you how much I always enjoyed coming and how envious I was. It was the same way that I, I loved working for the state as a public servant to protect and serve people and to be able to do things. So I, a military person, I'm sure, feels the same way in many ways. Or honorable policemen or people in the FBI. Our systems are under assault by criminals. And these criminals are elected criminals. Honorable people are under assault. That's the truth, man. Well, that's the point of the show, right? No, it very much is. Now, another interesting thing came out this week was with Drew Brees. Yes, sir. You love Drew Brees, and so do I. I think Drew is a classy guy, man. I really do. Um, He got a little heat for some comments he made this week. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, I'm a little tied up on this. Mm-hmm. What did you think of before we get into it? What did you think of Drew? What do you think of Drew Brees as a person? You know, from what you've seen, and what do you think about his comments? Man, I, yeah, I, uh, I, I think he's a hell of a nice guy. I think he's a real, a really good person. Um, I think he's, from what I know, he's beloved by management in football. That he's beloved by the fans for year after year. He's never been a problem. He's a fierce competitor. He's a fair guy. And from what my understanding is, you're a better expert on Drew Brees than I am. He's beloved by by his teammates, black, white, green, whatever. They all think he's the, as they used to say in the, the 40s, the cat's meow. Am I, am I right on that one or wrong? No, Drew Brees is a huge activist for his community as yeah, a leader. A class act. You know, um, they, they yeah. love him or loved him up until this moment here in New Orleans. Yeah. He's He's been a guy that's donated tens of millions of dollars, yeah. his yeah. time, um, his wife as well. You know, they, they both have been very active in their communities to that stuff. Do, do you know what I th- think has happened? Um, it's uh, I'll be sure on this one. And, and I did do a show on it and it's called it's I think it was I don't know whether it's today or yesterday. I can't even keep track of them anymore. It's called right and wrong change. And we forget that our ideas of right and wrong change. Uh, thereby, there, there are customs. And Drew Brees is a guy, as I understand it, is a guy from Texas. And I think he has plenty of things that he thinks are right. And I don't think that he has a racist bone in his body. Uh, and he doesn't think that way, but he also is born in Texas and he loves his country. And he just has the idea that, you know, taking a knee is in some place disrespectful, or he did think that. I don't think he had time to really think it through. And uh, when he made his comment, I think he made a comment that was based on his love for his country or his love for his flag. And it wasn't meant to, to be a detracting to, to African-Americans or people of color or people who were getting uh, tread over by the system. I don't think he understood that a new that there was a new way of things being right or being correct that some people would see taking a knee as being uh, you know years ago like we we thought many things years ago were right and today we consider them wrong and some people particularly you know people from another generation he's not a 22 year old kid 
he's not like woke. <laughs> yeah, he's a middle-aged guy, right? I think well, he's I think he's 40 now. Yeah, well, he's a middle-aged guy. He's approaching middle age. He's from a different generation. He's from a different mindset. And I just don't think it caught up yet. Now, what he did is, and, and that was the point of my show, we have to allow people an opportunity to change, to listen to what other people said. Now, he did a wonderful thing. He said something which I think was wrong. I don't think he meant it to be wrong, but I, I, I think that he wasn't like we all do. We don't want to listen to people sometimes. We want to react to people emotionally. And when you listen to African-Americans or you listen to people who were taking a knee or whatever it is, they weren't doing anything disrespectful. They were just taking a knee and saying, I'm trying to bring attention to you that we're not being treated fairly. And they're not. They weren't spitting on the flag. They weren't burning the flag or doing anything. They were exercising their right. And he, 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 like other people, just didn't think it through. And when teammates, when other people in the, in the media or whatever it was, when people unloaded on him with that, I think he showed that he was a class act because he sat there and he said, you know something? You're right. I didn't think that went through. I, I, I was wrong on that one. Now, haven't you ever done that in your life? Haven't you ever had an argument with your wife or a kid or a friend? And if you, you, you were there at, at you know, you, you, no, 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 no. And you had one opinion and then you had another. Then you had to sit down and talk. And other people said, what, don't you understand what John's trying to say or what Stan's trying to say? And then all of a sudden you, you, you sit in a calm moment and say, yeah, I, I, I didn't realize that. You're right, buddy. Well, he, he made a really. I think that's what he did. He did. And I have his actual statements that he said afterwards. Now, Donald Trump came out and said that he shouldn't have backed off on his stance and that he should have. Oh. Stunned, he, he, I don't know if you knew that. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. He's an idiot. Yeah. You know, and he said that Donald Trump said that he should not have changed his stance. Well, Drew Brees was a man and came out and said this right here. So Drew Brees said, through my ongoing conversations with friends, teammates and leaders in the black community, I realized that this is not an issue about the American flag. It never has been. Right. Um, we can no longer use the flag to turn people away or distract them from the real issues that face our black communities. We did this in 2017. And regretfully, I brought it back to, to I brought it back with my comments this week. We must stop talking about the flag and shift our attention to the real issues of systemic racial injustice, economic oppression, police brutality, and judicial and prison reform. We are at a critical juncture in our nation's history. If not that, if not now, then when? We as a white community need to listen and, and learn from the pain and suffering of our black communities. We must acknowledge the problems, identify the solutions, and then put this into action. The black community cannot do it alone. This will require all of us. He is he is so spot on. Yep. Uh, in, in my opinion, and again, I think it also ties to the fact that the reason he said that is because sometimes people are not up to speed on what's happening. They're not up to speed, or they or they're not walking a mile in somebody else's shoes. And, and they you, don't get it. You know I, what I, he did? Go ahead. He what he did was he took a lot of negative things people were saying about him, including some of his teammates. And he turned it into a positive by admitting his faults and admitting the real issues and how he didn't think about it. And he and he didn't do what some people do is they double down, even if they know that they were wrong or made a mistake. Mm -hmm. And people are already going back and saying uh, one of his uh, one of his players on his team, Michael Thomas, who's a big part of the team over there, who's an African-American mm -hmm. who had chastised him for his comments when he put him out. He saw what he wrote uh, and then he put the emoji out there with with a with a muscle there. And it was a it's a, it's a black muscle, you know, for him because mm -hmm. he's an African-American. And mm -hmm. he goes, that's and he goes, that's my QB. So a guy that was not happy with what he said and was upset by it, he was able to turn that around by by being a man and being a, a human being and saying, I messed up. I need to make some changes. And this is what we need to do, folks. I was wrong. Mm -hmm. That's that's what a real person, a real man does, or a real woman, or a real individual does. A grown up, yeah. yeah that, that's what you aspire to is to is to to correct your behavior when you're wrong. To there's nothing wrong with being wrong when you make an innocent mistake. Uh, and and I think Drew Brees' mistake on that uh, is just a, where his thinking 
needed to, to, to expand. He needed to be enlightened. I'll give you an example of something that I would say all the time, and I never understood why it was, why it was so wrong. This is early on when I would uh, hear anything. This is long before Black Lives Matter, but then uh, I came up with Black Lives Matter. And then I would say, of course, Black Lives Matter and everything, but all lives matter too. And that's one of the stupidest things that I've ever said. And I'm repeating it on the air when that's one of these kind of things that people don't want you to say. You know, don't say you said that to. This isn't anything terrible that I said, but it's stupid and it's ignorant when I said that because I should know better. Because for years I've been given, you know, I've sat with patients and clients who are in pain and another person's in pain. So that person, it's just a minor thing and they just lost their job or blah, blah, blah. And I'll say, but they were so worried about money or they're so worried about this. I said, what if you're in an emergency room and you've got a broken hand? Have you ever had a broken hand? It hurts like hell or a broken leg. You're in agony or passing a kidney stone like I have. You don't know what you're going to do. But what if you're having a heart attack? What if you have sciatica? Well, the hospital triages you, right? Somebody comes in and they say, there's five people here. There's one doctor. Who's in the most pain? Who needs something the most? What's the most important thing we have to to, to deal with right now, everybody's pain matters, right? But the doctor doesn't have to tell you that. He says, I have to take the most important one. And that's what Black Lives Matter means. It means that with all the things that are going on, fucking people are being decimated. They're being, I mean, Jesus Christ Almighty, how would you feel? You can't even go get a pack of cigarettes when the, when the sun goes down. Yep. If your taillight goes out, somebody's going to come and yoke you at it. Every black person in America has a story of being rousted. That's insane. But if you are a white person like I am or you are, we've never experienced that. We haven't had a time to we haven't had time to process all that. And my eyes have always been open to as much as I can be to that kind of stuff. But I was slow on the uptake on that one. Not anymore. And way, way before this incident, you know, I'm a terrific supporter of the little guy. I don't care if he's black, white, green, yellow, whatever. People who are marginalized, it's dreadful. It's dreadful. I think Drew Brees was a class act, and he did it authentically. And I think that the uh, the African-American or people of color in the NFL, the fellow players and everything else like that, they're not stupid people. They're street people, a lot of them. They're smart people. They know the ways of things. They know when somebody's bullshitting and they know when somebody's not. And I don't think he's going to have any problems with that. And the fans will forget about that one way or the other. And if they don't, what the hell with them? They'll Even just his wife spoke up against that and said he was wrong. He came out and, and actively said that he was wrong too. That's good. That, that's yeah. the kind of family that we want. That's the kind of guy that you want. That's the kind of guy you'd want in the White House, not the other dope. You'd want to do <laughs> Drew Brees. You'd want somebody to say, geez, I made a mistake doing that shit with Vladimir Putin. All great leaders know when they make a mistake. And all great leaders make mistakes. Of course they do. And they fail many times. And you know what all poor leaders do and all carny men and grifters do? Winston Churchill, one of the greatest prime ministers of England, he would always say, anybody who waves the flag, rattles the saber, or pumps the Bible out there, those are the, uh, what do you call them, the abodes of rogues. Whenever you start rattling the saber, saying, we got a, the van, the, the caravan is coming, build the wall, America, Lee Greenwood, America. You know, well, here's the Bible. I never read the fucking book, but let me let me take a picture of it in front of it. They're all the bastion. They're all the it, it it's the land of the phony grifters. They pull that shit out of their ass all the time to get you fired up to give red meat to the base. Drew Brees didn't do that. However, a little segue here. Roger Goodell, you could see what the businessman did. NFL commissioner, right? Yep. Well, we found out we were wrong. He's saying all the right things. You want to know why? Because all these protesters are out there and they ain't going away, baby. Thank you, President Bush, for doing that with the military. And thank you for and protesters for getting putting your ass on the line like the military and getting shot with bullets and your ass kicked, gassed, beat up and everything else like that for America and for people to see because 
I'm telling you, those black Americans and their supporters, 40, 50 percent of them white and people of, uh, you know, just white. I don't know what the hell you call them, non-color. <laughs> That's ridiculous. But are out there. They are taking this right to Election Day, baby. Well, Goodell came out and he did. He's a little too little too late, I think, on this one. Though. Absolutely. You know, he came out and pledged support for Drew Brees. And then he made a comment. Um, he said he apologized for not listening to the concerns of the African-American players earlier. And he said he supports the players' right to protest peacefully. He did not directly name Colin Kaepernick in his video. Right. Now, you got to listen, Colin Kaepernick is what it is. I don't think Colin Kaepernick should have even been in the league as a quarterback at that point, maybe as a backup. Yeah. But as a starter, I mean, as a sports fan, no, he was not up at that level at that point, but Mm -hmm. for him to not have a job all these years is an interesting thing. And when this comes out here and you see that it's kind of like admitting, Hey, we, we did blackball you, man. It is, it is what it is. I'm sorry. I didn't listen earlier. And then all the, the criticisms that they gave towards him is a little too little too late now. Right. Yeah, it's like in the, how many careers were wrecked in uh, the movies, in the movie industry. How many? I mean, that's what Dalton Trumbo, the famous writer, it's Kirk Douglas, the famous actor in the movie Spartacus. Yeah. He's the first guy in 1960. He's a great liberal. He actually let Dalton Trumbo, who's writing s- screenplays under anonymous names, put his name on the script, and it effectively ended the blacklist period. Yet people commit suicide. Their entire careers, they were blacklisted all over the place. Blacklisted in, in their jobs, blacklisted in businesses, because they were supposedly communists. This is old shit, and then everybody comes and oh, we're, you know, we're not, you know, we're really sorry. And uh, the the businessmen are going to do all this stuff. We see all these companies telling you all the shit that they're going to do for you now, and everything else like that. They have seen the handwriting on the wall, just like the military. Getting back to our original thing, have seen the handwriting on the wall. And you want to know something? For me, when I look at all this stuff and, you know, Johnny, what a nice thing to be able to do this with you as my son, looking to talking about things, uh, you know, through a different lens of generations and ages and things like this. There's a lot of still hope for America. I feel more hopeful. And one thing I've always said in every crisis, there's an opportunity. And we have not been looking for the opportunity in crisis in a long time. And in some way, uh, I know it sounds terrible. Uh, Mr. Floyd, the other uh, the other uh, African-American people or the old white guy in Buffalo got his head busted open or the poor young lady got her eye socket destroyed or the people who got roughed up and all this kind of stuff. You know, thank you. You know, in, in this terrible crisis and your terrible sacrifice and the awful things that have happened to people. Uh, maybe we can get back on track and uh, future generations like your generation and uh, your children and my grandchildren, maybe uh, we'll get some things finally resolved after, uh, what, 400 years now? Yeah, it sure be nice to get it resolved, right? Yeah, well, I mean, just think of the story we told the other day in Oklahoma outside of the military base about the people looking at us because, uh, you know, your children are of color and your wife. It's an amazing thing that's going on right now, and people need to learn from it, and they yeah. need to understand. And the people that don't get this whole thing with the Black Lives Matter, that it's not about us saying Black Lives Matter, that you put it very eloquently earlier about it. It's about saying that there's going to be no more of this inequality, that there's going to be no more of this divisive and division in our country and behaviors, and that we all need to grow together, and that we shouldn't be looking at people by the color of their skin, by their culture, by their religion, by their race, whatever it might be. There's so much more to it than people are understanding. And, you know, I've seen so many people and their ignorant comments on it. And it's, oh, you know, you're white. You shouldn't be speaking up against it. Bullshit, man. Bullshit. It affects you. It, it affects, affects all of us. Of course it does. It does. I don't want to see people being judged unfairly. I don't want to see people being treated differently. I don't want to see people being oppressed. That's not the country that I served man for. That's not what I stand for in life. That's not what I want my kids and my grandkids one day and my all the other future generations to stand for. This is a pivotal time in history right now for everybody, whether you're younger, you're older, whatever it is. This is your chance to sit over there and make something and have a stand in a good way. Not yeah. by rioting, not by looting, not by violence, by saying no more. Yep. It's pretty We're simple. Not, yeah, it's a real simple thing. No more. 
And if you see people that are the ones that don't get that, you're probably not going to change their mind right now. And if they're businesses or friends or family, you might want to rethink your alliance with those people. And it's not telling you to dip out on people and believe all the time, but sometimes you got to, and sometimes you can't change everybody. They need to find it on their own. Do you want to be aligned with friend, with friends, family, or go to businesses that stand for systemic racism or that don't try to understand what the real big picture and what's going on here? I sure as hell don't. No, I'll help somebody out. I have neighbors here like that, that I'll, I'll be glad to help them out. They're good people in, in, in many ways, but, but they are awful people in other ways. And, uh, yeah, I, I give a cursory hello and goodbye, and it has nothing to do with politics. It has to do with their behavior. It would be, again, like if this was World War II, man, and, you, uh, you know, my next-door neighbor was a lovely guy that I knew, but he happened to support Hitler, you know, or people boxcar and, uh, you know, Jewish people up and sending them off to concentration camps. Uh-uh. I, I can't cotton to that, as they used to say. I, I can't be part of that. I can't be silent about that. Now, I've already voiced my displeasure to these people when they talk about these kinds of behaviors and events or they make those comments that are racist or whatever. And I know where they stand. They haven't changed. So I limit my interaction with them and they know it. However, if there was a flood, if there was a fire, if someone was hurt in the street or they needed something, I would gladly do it for them like I would do it for anybody. But other than that, no. And even with family members. If I have family members who are uh, people who are vile like this or, you know, with these kinds of things, I, I have to say to them, hey, man, you know, it's not just like politics. You have some some values that I, I really can't be around. You know, I agree, I, man. It's you know, they're, they're, they're just too severe. And uh, I don't know about you, buddy, but I think we knocked this one out of the ballpark. And uh, I think that's a perfect segue to, to kind of close it out, man, because I don't yeah. think we said any perfect, man. And we're right at that hour time frame. So definitely uh, is a perfect way to end the show, I think, for today. And uh, just once again, you know, I just want to reiterate that we'll be back every Wednesday and Sunday like clockwork. So you guys can see when the shows post, they come out. Wednesdays and Sundays. Usually on Wednesdays, they'll come out a little bit later because I got a full-time job during the day and I'm not able to tape during the day. I have to do it at night. So you'll see them a little bit later at night on Wednesday. The latest you'll get it is at midnight on Thursday. Um, that's the latest you'll ever get it when it's clock strikes midnight because I edit the shows and produce the shows at nighttime. So um, just so everybody knows when they come out and can expect it. But you'll always have them out on Wednesday nights, latest Thursday at midnight, and then always on Sundays by 10 o'clock at night, you'll have a new show out. So it will be out there like clockwork for there. And uh, we're getting a great reception. We had a really nice week with downloads. We doubled our downloads from the week before on this show, which is awesome. And uh, we're appreciative of that and appreciative of the support you guys are giving. Big time. And, you know, so please continue to check out the show, rate, review it if you can. Uh, make sure you subscribe if you're a first-time listener or a long-time listener. Make sure you subscribe and check it out. And uh, you can hear at the end of the show where to find us on social media. So thanks to Chris, uh, Chris FM. He's a great guy. That's his That's his, uh, his, uh, his nickname that he goes by. But Chris is a producer and produced great new intros and outros for us. So he's done all the work for us here on Just uh, Just Thinking, Stan Show. He's done all the work for me on Wrestling With Reality. He's done the work for this on this show. And Chris will do all the work for our shows on voiceovers in the future because he's a great guy. And if you ever need voiceover work done, I want to throw it out to Chris and uh, let me know and I'll get you in contact with him. So thanks, Chris, for the new intros, outros, and everything he does, man. Chris FM, he is the man, Stan. I know. I love it. I, I, I want to just do theme show uh, things for me just in general so I can introduce myself at all times of the day. Yeah, you ain't lying. If I could afford it all the time, I would, I I would love it, to give me a new intro for every day of the week or something when I walk into the room. Yeah, I love it, man. You know, it's 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 very cool. You yep, know? absolutely. I, one thing I just want to thank the people again. You talk about uh, this, the response to the shows. Uh, holy Jesus. Uh, I was just thinking and this show. Amazing. Just started out. Just awesome. Uh, week after week, uh, you know, it's it's really gratifying. Can't thank you guys enough. And what a privilege is it is, um, you know, uh, you guys listening to uh, the ideas and the stuff that we throw out there for you that are just meant to, not only to entertain you, but to help all of us kind of work our way through uh, these very um, interesting and important things in our lives. 
And with that, I'm going to say good night and God bless from me. Absolutely. Well, we will be back again once again on Wednesday with a brand new episode for y'all. And uh, hopefully you guys are doing good and staying good and doing everything. Check out all of our shows. Go to our website, rcpodnetwork.com. It's a one-stop shop for the network and all the shows that we have and all the great stuff that we're doing. So make sure to check that out. And you can see all the different podcasts that we have over there on rcpodnetwork.com. So until the next time, be good, be safe. I hope we both hope you're all doing well. And if you're not, we hope that you can get in a good spot to get better and feel better and, you know, be more at peace with things. But we're going to get it through all this together. We hope you enjoyed the show today. We will check you guys on the next episode on Wednesday. And until then, we thank you all and we will see you then. Thank you for listening to Does Father Know Best? Please check out our website, www.rcpodnetwork.com. And follow John on Twitter at WWR Podcast or email John at WWRPodcast.com at gmail.com. You can reach Stan on Twitter at S-W-A-N-G-L-U-N-D or email him at S-W-A-N-G-L-U-N-D at gmail.com. And please make sure to subscribe to Does Father Know Best on your favorite podcast outlet.